We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm Jason Pat. And Jason, you walked into an engagement party I threw this past weekend, and my fiance goes, Jason Pat, the bane of my existence. Huh. She I did think, say that. I can't, I can't give you a better intro than that. Also a little harsh. <laughs> a little harsh. Our podcast, you know, maybe not great, but... We do it once, like once a week. <laughs> I tried to, I'm trying to make that. I was like... We do this once a week. There are people that pod every day. What if we tried to do that? She might literally lose her shit if we tried to do that. My wife would probably lose her shit too. Maybe totally understandable. Maybe, maybe your biggest problem is that the Bulls just aren't very good and <laughs> potentially not even that much fun to talk about. Jason, the Bulls wrap up the preseason this year with a sterling one and four record. They ended the preseason with three consecutive losses to the Nuggets on the road and then home games to Toronto and to the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, the only game the Bulls won in the preseason was beating Denver uh, at home the first time they played them in double overtime. So uh, one in four preseason. The Bulls talked a big game coming into this year, Jace, about changing their shot profile, about playing faster, about forcing more free throws. And if the preseason is any indication, in any indication, Jace, this looks largely like the exact same team. We can go over the numbers just at, you know, a surface level uh, in terms of three-point attempts per game throughout the preseason. The Bulls were 31st in the NBA, taking 32.83s per game. Uh, there's some international teams in there, which is why the Bulls There's only 30 NBA teams. <laughs> but, there's only 30 NBA teams, but they rank 31st out of 35 teams, I guess, now that have played, uh, that have played in the NBA preseason. Uh, we could go to free throw attempts, which was another area the Bulls wanted to be better at this year. They attempted 17.8 free throw attempts. That ranks 32nd out of 35 teams. And then if we just pull up pace uh, for the preseason, the Bulls in preseason pace 
ranked 33rd out of 35 teams. So, uh, of course, there's lots of caveats that come with that. But I would think if anything could carry over from the preseason, it would be just like offensive style, like stylistic approach offensively. Uh, I think that the three-point attempts being so low is a big red flag in the preseason. Like we were hoping that the Bulls would not be the lowest volume three-point shooting team in the NBA once again coming into this year, and they were in the preseason. Does that mean it's going to carry over into the regular season? I hope not, but uh, it seems like the type of thing that could carry over. Yeah. And then the free-throw attempts to obviously, you know, uh, sort of generating free throws that does like – put strain on the players' bodies. You got to get hit. You got to drive usually to get free throw attempts. So uh, maybe that's a good thing that the Bulls weren't generating a ton of free throw attempts uh, during the preseason, but I sure hope that changes during the regular season, Jason. Now the season opener against the Oklahoma City Thunder is Wednesday night. The Bulls hosting the Thunder. The season's here. We'll probably do a podcast right after it because that's what we do. And uh, preseason is wrapped up. So Jason. I'm going to kick it to you. I, I'm I'm torn between asking you a specific question or just letting you uh, talk about the preseason here. But I guess, Chase, give me your overall big picture thoughts on how the Bulls performed this preseason. I would love to know what your specific question was, because I'd love to I answer gonna, it. <laughs> I was going to say, what was the one thing that uh, stood out the most to you during this Bulls preseason? I mean, I guess like. I think Kobe does look better. I'll say I'll say that about Kobe White. I think he looks better, and he's he clearly has earned the starting point guard job. And Billy Donovan said this today, yesterday, after the game, whatever it was. It's going to be Kobe and Pat. We talked about this, like who's going to start at point guard, who's going to start at power forward. It's going to be Kobe White at point guard. It's going to be Patrick Williams at power forward. I do think Kobe has looked better, um, just like a better feel for the game. In general, just on both ends of the court, you look at his numbers in the preseason. I mean, n- nothing really like crazy here. Like he played, he played all five games, 24 minutes a game, 13.2 points, shot 40, 54% overall. His three point shooting was 31.8. So like his three point shooting is still kind of streaky. Like I believe last night against the Timberwolves, he was like one of seven from three and his one make was from like 30 feet at the end of the shot clock. Uh, but Kobe has looked better. So like, I think that is like, if like you want to have some optimism about the Bulls, I think it's that Kobe looks pretty good, and that like if he's good and he can actually take like a step, maybe the Bulls could be interesting. But as like for everything else that you mentioned, in terms of their style, in terms of like almost everything else, I tweeted last night after the game. Like I watched this preseason, I don't think that much different about like how I felt about this team coming into the preseason. I just said I, Kobe's a little better. I think like the the offseason additions they made are nice. They're solid additions. But what does does that make them like a uh, a much better team? Probably not. So like when we did our pre or, or when the schedule came out and we did our game by game predictions, we both ended up what like 41, 42, something like that. Like I I mean I don't feel that much differently. I think the Bulls are probably like a forty three to forty five win team if things go well. You get maybe get into the mid mid forties, maybe high forties if like literally everything goes right. If we get like a Kobe leap, if we get a Pat leap, and I know we'll talk about Pat in a bit. Like there, that Pat is like the big conversation about the preseason. We'll talk about him in a little in a bit here, but um, yeah, not that much. I mean, it they. They didn't change that much. Like they added Javon Carter, nice, nice role player. They added Tory Craig, nice veteran role player. They kept everything else. You're not going to change. You're probably not going to change that much. Like, like Billy, they can talk all this game about changing their style and changing the way they play. But like 
Billy's been in the NBA for a while. He's got his ways as a coach. Like they have a, a pretty veteran team. Uh, their their three best players are veterans. They've been around a while. Like I think it was probably foolish to expect a lot of just major changes in the st- style based on just a couple like role player additions. I do think they'll. T- I do think the three point rate is going to be a little higher. I think Carter will help there. I think Craig will help there a little bit. I think. I mean, Pat. We saw Pat take seven threes. Uh, last night he missed all of them unfortunately but like we know he's a better three-point shooter than that so like i do think the three-point rate will be a little better the free throw rate there's no reason reason to expect it to be that much better none of the guys they, they didn't really add guys who get to the free throw line tory craig doesn't get to the free throw line um Javon Javon Carter, Carter doesn't get to the free throw line so like you hope maybe zach gets there a little more maybe you hope pat and kobe can do that a little more but like I mean, Demar gets to the line a decent amount. Zach gets there a decent amount. Vooch doesn't get to the line. That's not going to change. Vooch is Vooch at this point. So you have like, is Pat going to like take like a huge leap from like two free throws a game to like six or seven? Probably not. Kobe, I mean, probably not. He's not like a big foul drawer. So like the free throw stuff, like they can talk about that, but I don't think there was really ever reason to expect that to change much based on the personnel. Like I said, I think three point rate a little bit. They did crash the offensive glass that was another big talking point they were much better offensive rebounding wise and well they have some guys like tory craig can do that pat should be able to do that pat rebounding wise was not great in the preseason he there was like last night he i think had five he ended up with like five or six i think he had like three or four in his first stint and then had like one or two the rest of the game uh and that's again we'll talk we'll we'll set the pat conversation aside for now so like the team didn't change that much. They brought it back and they get added a couple role players. You shouldn't really expect that much to change when they do that. I mean, even if you change maybe a few things of how you run your offense, you can say all you want about, oh, we're going to try to play faster. You're still playing through Zach, Damar, and Vooch. Are they going to substantially change that much at this point? It doesn't seem like it. So ultimately, like, again, after this preseason, again, one the record doesn't matter. One and four doesn't matter. But you look at, again, the underlying numbers and it's like, the pace was still slow. The three-point rate, still pretty low. I do think it'll be a little higher. The free throw rate, still pretty low. Offensive rebounding, a little bit better. And I think that I think that can kind of translate. But the offensive rating was not good. Defensive rating was, I mean, not good relative to the preseason. But ultimately, I still just think this team's going to They're going to be a fine team. They're going to be solid. I think they'll be better than last year. And I think 43 to 45 is fair. I, I could obviously see it being worse. If, I mean, if there's injuries... Uh, because they're not they're not that deep and we've talked about this like you look at the roster they raped Carlick jones today it seems like they go nine or ten deep if you start getting to the 11 through 15 on this roster it's terry taylor it's dale and terry it's julian phillips uh they have 14 now right because they at least in terms of like guaranteed contract they're Carlick wasn't guaranteed but they have like 14 guys right now we'll see if they add anybody else they signed Derek favors uh, I think he's going to play in the G League this year. Interesting. Maybe we'll see if he plays with the big team, but they don't have much depth. So if there's injuries, they might be fucked because Dale and Terry can't play. If there's another like observation, Dale and Terry cannot play. He's awful. He's so bad. Like we talked, I think we Jason, talked about guess, this. Guess what his field goal percentage was for the preseason in five games. I mean, I would guess it was like 15%. I don't know if I. 0.8% from the field for Dale yeah, and Terry. He's awful. He's so bad. He can't. And you can tell, like, the way that Billy ran his rotations the last couple day, couple games where they kind of did, like, dress rehearsal stuff. He didn't play until, like, the last couple minutes of garbage time. There is no expectation for Dale and Terry to play. Julian Phillips, he at least popped on a few. Like, last night, he, he had, like, a few, like, sick dunks and, like, some blocks. So, like, I mean, maybe you play Julian Phillips more. Uh, I mean, a guy like Bittim. 
hit a few threes in preseason. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like Dale and Terry, I just don't expect to do anything at all. And, and the, we, I know we talked about like, is he going to get his option picked up next year? I don't think he should at this point. Like, he's just not good. I don't want to waste too much time on Dale and Terry. It's like, ultimately the big picture here is I think nothing much changed from this bulls preseason. How I, how I feel about them. I think they're going to be fine. I think they'll be decent. I think they should be better than last season. As long as their health is relatively okay. Again, health was besides Lonzo. They were pretty healthy last season. If they, if they miss time, if Vooch misses time, uh, like that could be an issue. I mean, if Damar and Zach miss time, like they just don't have much depth. Going past like nine or ten, like Io looked pretty good in preseason, so like hopefully he bounces back. But uh, so like if things go relatively well, I think they should be decent. But I could I could see it going bad uh, if because like if, if people get hurt, um, but there's no reason to expect like a big like jump here uh, just based on everything we saw. Um, so yeah, what do you think about this, Ricky? Anything you yeah, really liked? He- what did you really like out of this preseason? Oh God! What did I really like? Well, I thought Zach looked good. Zach does look Zach's ready. Gonna, Zach looks ready to play. He Zach's missed the last have game. a huge season. Yeah, Zach's going to have a huge season. I'm going to just throw that out there. Uh, I think he's going to be an All Star this year. He looks really yeah. explosive going downhill. His first step is just wicked. It seems like he's got his lift back off both legs when he's attacking the basket as a one footed leaper. He's also very skilled as a finisher with both hands. So I think like. The version of Zach Levine that is attacking the rim and ripping three-pointers, that's the guy we want to see. Uh, and I think that that's the player he looks like as yeah, of right now. He looks good. Coming into the season. Uh, now, he took 5.3. Really, like, the per-game numbers don't really mean anything here. Last Let's game. Like... The, the last game he played, he took, I think, eight or nine threes. Uh, he had, like, 25 points. Per 36, yeah. he was uh, 8.1 threes. Yeah, so that's at least getting, so. that's getting there. Getting there. For sure, for three point rate. So, yeah, last year he took like seven a game. I think it was like below seven and a half. I can pull up the exact number, but uh, you know, let's see Zach shoot more threes. Last year he took seven point one per game. So if he could finish in the eights, or I mean, I'd love to see him take ten. Yeah, but eights or nine, at least still a step at, in the right direction. At least eight and a half yeah. would be a step in the right direction for a team that is the lowest volume three point shooting team in the league. I truly believe Zach's a top 10 three point shooter in the league. And I'm excluding yeah. specialists in this, like guys who like only shoot threes in terms of like solid starters. He's a top 10 three point shooter. And, and he's been in the three point contest for several years in a row. Did I count him down before I made this bold claim, Jason? No, but I'm just going off. <laughs> I'm just going off vibes. feeling here. Zach's, vibes, baby. <laughs> Zach's a top 10 three-point shooter. Absolutely. So I thought he looked awesome. I think that while the first two years, it's kind of been DeMar's team. I think this is the year it's going to be Zach's team. Like, DeMar's just getting kind of old. We didn't see the offense be like a ton of DeMar ball in the preseason. And I think, well, that might be because it's the preseason. and who Mailing it in. And, I think DeMar yeah. was mailing in this preseason, which understandable. Absolutely. But but I think that like we could see Zach sort of, uh, you know, establish himself as clearly the team's best player this year. Now, what does that mean for end of game situations where DeMar is traditionally very good and Zach is traditionally very bad? I wouldn't say that I have more faith in Zach to become a better clutch player at the end of games based off this preseason or based off anything I've ever seen. from. Yeah, none of them. They didn't play clutch minutes in the preseason and even if they did whatever. But like, yeah. So I still think like, 
you know, who gets the shot at the end of the game? Your, you know, <laughs> famous first take style talking point. I still think that's probably Demar. Probably at least pretty good at it. Yeah. But I think that Zach will be the best player on the team. So I'm pumped for Zach. Really hope he stays healthy. And you know, uh, as long as he does that, I think at minimum he'll increase his trade value this year if he stays healthy, just to show people that teams around the league, you know, he's not a big injury concern. If he plays, you know, I think last year he played 76 games or something. He was top 11. He didn't miss many games. He was third in the league in total minutes last year, I think, Zach was. So, uh, and that's just off the top of my head, but it was something like that. And so, yeah, I think that Zach's going to be really good. He's set up for a great year as Jason, an off-ball scorer, and that's what Zach Levine is. How valuable is an off-ball scorer? Well, typically, it's only as valuable as your best on-ball creator who's supposed to set these guys up. And uh, I guess, like, just in this era of basketball, if you're a guard and you're really fucking good, you're going to be the on-ball creator. It's like kind of how Harden started his career as a two-guard for the Thunder and then just eventually became the point guard because he was so good, he was going to have the ball. And it doesn't really matter what your kind of like nominal position is like if you're the guy who initiates the offense that's your role that's what you do typically that duty belongs to the best player on the team but like Zach's just not super great at that that's not like the best use of his skill set because he's sort of a shaky decision maker uh and he's you know not a plus passer so what he is is you know still sort of a flawed player but he's an off-ball gunner from three super athlete who can attack the rim I'd like to see him raise the three-point attempts as high as possible. I'd like to see him cut out the mid-range. This team already takes so many mid-range shots. So even though Zach is good at those shots, historically, uh, you know, what the team needs get is to the rim. to spam threes get and to get the to line. the rim and get to the foul line. Yeah. So uh, I guess Zach is the thing I'm most positively encouraged by. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, secondly, I'm going to say I thought Javon Carter and Tory Craig looked pretty good. 
if you look at Tory Craig's numbers, they're kind of brutal. He shot like 20% from three or 25% from three. I feel like that's Tory like Craig. That, but he's, a, he's like a dirty what? work guy who can kind of hit threes. He's a professional role player, right? And I do worry a bit about the three-point percentage falling off significantly yeah. from last year. Last year, off the top of my head, I want to say 39% from yeah. three. That's not his career. Uh, that's way above his career rate. I think he's like a 34. He's like an average three-point shooter. If he could even be 34, 35, I would think that's pretty solid uh, for this year coming in. Just be willing to shoot them. That's the key. You've got to be willing. Because like the, so many guys the Bulls have had in the last couple of years just won't shoot them. You need to shoot open threes if you get them. It's the key. Absolutely. Right. So I thought Carter looked good. He was really getting a lot of offensive rebounds. Like you said, Jason, the one thing statistically that changed from last year to this preseason uh, in terms of the Bulls' profile, was the offensive rebounding. So last year, the Bulls' offensive rebounding rate was 23.6%. That was number 28 in the league. In the preseason, their offensive rebound rate was 33.7%, number four in the league. Torrey Craig had a lot to do with that. And you know who else did, Jason? It's a man who kills their three-point rate, Io DeSumo, who just suddenly decided in this preseason he, that he was going to be a vacuum for offensive rebounds. So, you know, I don't think Io looked that good. Honestly, he just, like, crushes their half-court offense. But one way the Bulls could maybe hope to climb the offensive rating standings <laughs> a little bit is by actually trying to grab a fucking offensive rebound this year. Because yeah. last year they just didn't do it. So Tory Craig, we know he's going to be good there. Uh, I just sort of like him as, well, two things. One, the Bulls have two forwards on the team. It's like Pat and it's Tory, and then they don't really have another forward. Like, I guess Terry Taylor is, but he sucks. So if you're <laughs> playing him, you're probably going to be in trouble. And during the finale, Billy went with the Pat-Tory frontcourt. Those guys. Drummond was five. out. It was a game Drummond didn't play. Yeah. Right. And I do think, like, on a team that doesn't have a third center, are we going to see that a lot? The one downside of it is that they don't have another forward on the team after that. So then they kind of have to go Vooch with four guards. In that, you know, Caruso is not really a traditional guard. DeMar, you know, he's logged some minutes at the four over his career. Uh, but, you know, the lack of forward depth really stands out when you watch the team. So thank God they got Tory Craig. I mean, I do think he just, like, fits the team yeah. a little bit better than someone like Derek Jones. Now, Derek Jones is a pretty good player. I'd like to have Derek Jones back on the team, honestly. is like their third I mean, he, I'd probably rather have, have him than Terry Taylor, but I digress. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, definitely. But I think I'd rather have Craig than Jones. Just to yeah. give us like something of a new look, a little bit better shooter, a little bigger, uh, a little stronger. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Tory Craig, you know, he's a professional role player, man. He's yeah. not very exciting, but I think that is nice to have him on the team merely because they need another forward. So he was doing his thing. He's never going to be like a glamorous player. He's never going to be a particularly good player. But <laughs> if he could just like soak up some minutes, I kind of think that's pretty important for this team. And then Javon Carter. Javon Carter was Flinging that thing from three. I thought that was very fun to watch. He hit 46% of his threes uh, throughout the preseason. He took a bunch in transition, which was the Javon Carter signature move yeah. last year uh, with the Bucks. So, yeah, I think for a team that needs to up the three-point rate, Carter can help there. Hopefully, Craig can help. And Jace, like, do you think they should both start? Should we start Carter? Because, like, I mean, they're the not going to. Rolling out we already know they're not going to. Here's the thing. 
and I'll, then I'll kick it to you. The team they were rolling out in the preseason, it just looked so similar to the team they've had the last couple of years, right? Like we've seen Kobe and Pat with Zach, DeMar, and Vooch now since, you know, DeMar and Vooch joined the team. So uh, the team just looked so stagnant. And if you look at the team's statistical profile, nothing fucking changed in their statistical profile. Well, nothing changed on the roster. So why would anything change in the statistical profile? Do they need to start Javon Carter? Do they need to start Tory Craig? Jason, your thoughts. So I think starting Kobe is fine. As I said earlier, Kobe looked better. His three-point shooting still streaky, but in general, with the way they allegedly want to play faster, which they didn't in the preseason overall, again, I'd have to see, I'd have to look closer to the lineups and like how they played with Kobe. I know that like first Bucks game, they were playing super fast. They had all those fast break points with Kobe, but um, I can see the vision with what they want with Kobe there, and he has gotten better. I'm fine with Kobe starting again. I said before the year, I didn't think he would. I thought he was better as a six man guy. I'm fine with him at least seeing how it goes with him as a starter because he has looked better. He'll get up threes, he can space the court, and he can possibly push pace, which is what they're looking to do. Javon Carter does not really push the pace so much. He can't really, whatever, attack the rim, do that kind of stuff. Obviously, great three point shooter. Um, so whatever, I'm fine with going with Kobe's sir. I think he earned that starting job. The Pat Craig thing is interesting. And here's how we, we can transition into the Pat stuff here. We might as well. Uh, they've, they're obviously, it seems like they are actually trying to give Pat every chance that he can to like, really just like grasp whatever, take that leap or whatever. We've been waiting on the Patrick Williams leap now for a couple years. Uh, and this preseason, I feel like we just there's no evidence of it coming. Uh, we've seen again flashes. Um, we've seen some good games. We've seen some bad. He got benched a couple games ago. Was it the Raptors game? He got benched. Billy pulled him because he wasn't setting screens hard enough. He wasn't attacking the glass hard enough. Um, and then like the and then this last game though, like against the Timberwolves, he was much more aggressive. He was taking the taking the ball at Rudy Gobert multiple times, but then he missed all seven of his threes. At some point. Whatever. It was great that he was taking the three. I think he took like five threes in the first quarter. He missed all of them. He missed all seven of his threes. At some point, though, like it all has to come together. At some point, the production has to happen. So, like, uh, it's great. It was great to see him like respond to that benching in that Raptors game with being a bit more aggressive, but he missed the shots. So, at some point, like the production just has to be there. Uh, So, like, you do wonder, like, it just, and we've talked about this in our group chat with our guys. Uh, like Chris and Laro, those they're both Patrick Williams guys. And like I, I've been a skeptic, but like I still think Patrick Williams is a pretty solid player. At bottom line, he's like some I feel like Bulls fans hate Patrick Williams. A lot of Bulls fans hate Patrick Williams. I think he's a bust, I think he's garbage. That's just not true. Patrick Williams is still a pre- pretty good NBA player. The question is like, can he actually take that next step to like make the Bulls like maybe interesting moving forward? And that is still like a it just does not seem like that it's going to happen again i don't want i'm not going to say based on preseason it's not going to happen but uh you look at the preseason and you've seen what's going on and how pat plays with like the whatever the main three guys and you do wonder if he should start he's going to start billy said he's going to start game one against oklahoma city you do wonder though if tory craig is the better fit at starting power forward doing the dirty work taking open threes when it's there and whatever doing that stuff and that pat Playing with maybe playing on with against bench units, not with all those three main guys, getting a little more whatever offensive opportunity without them would be better for him. 
I don't know. Like we're, we've been doing the song and dance now for a few years with Pat, and it's frustrating. I get it. I said I think he's still a good player. He's developed. Like his de- his development has been like much more like nuanced and subtle. I think than a lot of people would like. He has gotten better, but still his his basic stats are still like the same from they from what they were his rookie season. He's still averaging like nine or ten points per game, five, four or five rebounds per game, whatever. Like an assist or two, a block and a steal. Like. He just hasn't made that like leap, made that leap. And like, is it going to happen this year? Based on what we saw in preseason, I don't know if we can say that. So, like, I don't know. With, with the thing with him and Pat, with him and Craig is Craig might be the better fit with the starters, but I understand why they want to like give Pat this chance to like hope maybe gr- just grasp the starting role and maybe actually break out. But the preseason was really uneven for him. So, Ricky, what are your thoughts on the Pat? I just, I guess Pat in general, like, and and I guess the this starting thing with him and Craig. Yeah, the whole discussion behind Patrick Williams making a leap. It's funny because it would be easy to say that, oh well, it's, that's any player who was taken in the lottery entering their fourth year if they haven't established themselves as very good yet. But really, like, no one's talking about Isaac Okoro making a leap this year, or Denny Avdia, or Killian Hayes. Or, you know, a lot of these other guys who were drafted around Pat, even Obi Toppin, I guess maybe there's some vague Obi Toppin hype this year as he changes teams. The, the Pacers, but yeah. Not a ton. But with Pat, there's just so much low-hanging fruit in his game. Uh, if he could up his volume from three-point range. Last year, 3.4 attempts per game from three. Uh, you know, if he could get that up to five or six uh, while maintaining or, you know, maintaining his three-point percentage or even just like... Come down a little low. Keep it staying in the high 30s. High 30s. Give me high yeah. 30s with five, three. That's a... Uh, if he adds on one or two to that to that rate and you stay in the high 30s, that's a really good three-point shooter. Uh, Jason, I don't have the... Uh, well, let's pull up the totals. So Pat played, you know, 119 minutes in this preseason. He grabbed one offensive rebound dude like that's really disappointing yeah. uh, last year he grabbed one offensive rebound per game get me two per game pat get me 1.8 per game just make like a real step as an offensive rebounder i think would be great for him because you know as we talked about like all right last year he had a 15 percent usage rate there you know maybe it's tough for him to pick his spots when you got three high usage guys you're sharing the floor with for most of your minutes in zach demar and vooch but one thing you can do is just go get the ball and force the issue a little bit. At some point, you got to make it happen. If you're if you're that guy, if you're that good, you got to make it happen. You got to take at least a few a few shots from them. If you're that, if you're gonna be that guy, and uh, you know the best way to do it is just hit the offensive glass, cutting. He yeah. just doesn't seem to like his brain doesn't work as a rebounder. Like <laughs> great rebounders can just read the ball off the rim, and he can't do that at all. And then as a cutter, too, it does seem like he gets a little spacey as a cutter where, like, he should be really good there. He will make some great cuts. It's and flashes. He does, and he can finish off. Flashes. He can hammer the ball. But it's not something he does consistently. Yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, you can look at the free throws, too. So, uh, you know, he shot eight free throw attempts in five games. That sucks. Not in the good preseason. enough. In yeah. last year. Uh, per game free throw attempts. Let's see. It was 1.3 per game. What the hell? 1.3 <laughs> free throw attempts per game. Just straight up garbage. Can you get four? 
you know, like I'm not asking him to like lead the league in offensive rebounds or free throw attempts or three point attempts, but can you just like show real improvement? There's so much low hanging fruit in his profile. Now he is already, I think he's a useful player. There's no doubt about it. I'm sure that like after some of his struggles this preseason, the conversation just sort of spins. Yeah, to it's like bad. The, most the discourse is bad. Where it's like, this guy fucking sucks. Why yeah. do we take him? He's a bust. I absolutely believe he's a useful player. I do think he's improved meaningfully yeah. since the Bulls drafted him. He's got a long career ahead of him. He's going to make a lot of money. His next contract, no matter what it is, I think like it's going to, people are going to be like, what the fuck? Like, uh, He's going to like whatever he's they're not going to agree to a deal. I would assume they are not agreeing to an extension like right now. There was <laughs> I, I did not see the aggregation like or whatever. Actually, listen to the original source on this or dive into this. There was something going around that was like from Zach Lowe that like we couldn't tell if it was like Patrick Williams wants a two hundred million dollar contract or like wants like a 20 plus million per year contract. Either way, what we've talked about with Patrick Williams like on a contract right now is like Oh, maybe he gets like five, 100. So like 20 million a year. Uh, and like I said, the Zach Lowe, whatever. I don't know if he was on a podcast. I did not dive into it, but there was some aggregation going around about Patrick Williams wanting like some massive contract. And it's like, well, obviously he's not getting that now. And we've kind of talked about like, oh, well, maybe he like, I don't, I, didn't, I never thought he was going to agree to a contract because I figured like he thinks he, maybe if he has a big season, and I've mentioned like the Jimmy Butler thing. Like, I mean, there's no reason to expect him to do the Jimmy Butler thing, but uh, that he thinks if he has a big season that maybe he does get next off season, like five close $200 million a year. But either way, I feel like ne- Pat's next contract is, I think is going to surprise a lot of people, a lot of just like casual fans uh, because he is, he has gotten better. He's a good three point shooter. He's a really good defensive player. And like, that's valuable in the league. The question is like, can he be better? And like, with with where the Bulls are at, and he was the number four pick, they're just like and and like some of the hype. I'm mean like the Kawhi Leonard bullshit, obviously, but like some of the stuff is just like, oh, we've been waiting for this guy to like be this all star player. So like since he's not and he hasn't looked like that, he's a bust. That's just not true. Like we, it's not that black and white. Like Pat's still pretty a pretty good NBA player, but it's just the star. Like is the all star equity there? It's running out. Like I. I've I've always been skeptical about it, and I'm still very skeptical about it based on what we've seen. Like, and then there's all these stories about like, oh, like Demar has been pushing him, Tory Craig's been pushing him, Billy's had to push him. Like, you need all these guys to push you. At some point, it's probably just like it's just not there for this guy. But like, again, I don't want to totally be out on him being like whatever that guy, that also level player. But I mean, at this point, the reasonable expectation is he's not that guy, but he can still be really a really good player for you. That's going to make a lot of money. Um, It's just the problem with the bulls again, with what their future looks like. They're good. Their best players aren't good enough. So like everyone's like, well, Pat needs to be this guy, but he's probably not good enough either. So it's like, well, fuck here we are. Um, So yeah, that was my Patrick Williams rant. (laughs) When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. 
Well, you said a lot there, Jace. I do think the pet has improved in some areas. Yeah. His wing stopper, I think he's gotten better. I think that uh, he's a pretty stout, just, you know, paint protector is a secondary like shot blocker. So he's gotten better in some areas, but offensively, there's so much low hanging fruit. It's hard to make big strides offensively when you have a 15% usage rate. So he's going to have to force the action a little bit. Yeah, some of that's on him. The, like, and you know what the reality of the situation is, Jace? Nobody is going to hand him the ball and be like, hey, guess what, Pat? It's yeah. your team now. You're the guy. That's just not going to happen. I do hope we see him more go against second units. Uh, so maybe he can get his confidence up a little bit just in terms of a score. And uh, yeah, it does bum me out a little bit that his three-point shot doesn't look any faster to me. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a sharper eye would disagree with that. But I thought his shot looked pretty similar in terms of the mechanics. And, you know, he looked a little better as a driver, I thought, but then he couldn't finish. So as I've always said, I think that he's a really great two-footed leaper and a really poor one-footed leaper. And that's, you know, the poor one-footed leaping sort of handicaps him leaping off drives and attacking the basket there. So I've been saying that on this podcast for a long time. I don't think anything changed my mind. Even when he had the big baseline jam in the last preseason game, like that was just a two-footed leap where he actually made a nice cut that time and like had time to load up and hammer it down. So uh, Pat's a useful player, 100%. I personally am not concerned about the size of Patrick Williams next contract. I know that after this like very vague Zach Lowe rumor uh, went around today, I got a lot of texts about like, Oh my God, if we give Pat $200 million, that's that's bullshit. That's Uh, well, regardless, I'm not too worried about Pat's next contract. I don't think that he's going to like super break the bank. If he does like players get paid off points per game and the guy averages 10 points a game. So if he like Jabari Parker once said, man, you don't get paid for defense. So if uh, Pat is really going to get a huge paycheck this year, I think that means he made massive strides as a scorer. And that'd be great. You not see those strides coming yeah. based off the preseason. So I'm not worried about his contract. You know, he might sign five years, a hundred million or, you know, something Which is like fine. That. That's, that's totally fine. fine. Yeah. That's, that's I think, I think so. I think a lot of people will think that's, that's awful. Like, but like, the way the NBA, the way contracts are these days with the cap going up, like five hundred. If Pat like took like a s- small leap this season and averaged whatever eleven or twelve per game, again small leap, like I would still be totally fine if the, like with the Bulls were whatever and Pat does that, I'd still be totally fine keeping him for that number because, I mean that's just like a that's a good role player number in the NBA these days. I think it's like sticker shock with the way the cap has gone up. Like people are just gonna have to get used to like that kind of contract for. A nice young player. I mean, we saw you just look at all these other guys around the league. I mean, Devin Vassell is better has been better. He gets more points, he scores more points. I mean, he got whatever. He's a lot five, better. Like one, yeah, 45, one, 150. And again, Pat right now, I would not expect Patrick Williams to get anything. Like he like that Zach again, that Zach Lowe report was I have not tracked down exactly what he said. Uh like there, I mean, obviously, like if he was Pat is like expecting that right now, that's obviously not happening. That's ridiculous. You're like, that's delusional, but like like whatever. If he thinks like if if I have a big season, I can get that, like, sure, absolutely. That I mean that's we've seen guys do that. You we see guys bet on themselves and they get that big contract. And again, I'm going back to Jimmy Butler. Not that I'm expecting Pat to do with Jimmy Butler, but like Jimmy Butler and like the Bulls were like a, whatever, like a few million apart, and Jimmy was like, fuck you guys. I'm going to go have a big season and make like twice as much. Maybe Pat actually does something like that. It does not seem like he's going to do that, but 
you never know. I'm not going to count it out. I've learned not to count out guys totally. Just be very s- skeptical about that actually happening. But it, either yeah. way, again, the bottom line is Pat is still a good NBA player. He's going to be in the NBA for a long time. And I think no matter like the next contract he gets, I think a lot of people will probably be like, well, this guy doesn't deserve that. But uh, in this NBA, he probably will. It's just a matter of can he actually take that leap where he actually gets like but Jason, really in terms of making the leap, like if he was going to do that, yeah, like don't you think his role would have to change? And like if yeah. you just look at this starting lineup, yeah, Kobe is the point guard. Like he's probably the fifth option. Yeah, on the offense, it does right? it does not seem like it's going to happen. Like we what we've asked, we you've said it, I've said it, we've talked in our group chat about it. We need to see Pat go from ten points a game to like 13 14 15 give us you take one you take a couple more three pointers a game you keep you keep the same percentage you get to the line a few few more times absolutely reasonable to go from 10 to like maybe up to 15 and if you do that maybe that go that sends his contract from 5 to 100 to 5 to 150 or something like that and that would be totally reasonable if he averages 15 like 6 and 2 and like a block, like two stocks per game or something like that. Like in this NBA, that'd be totally reasonable. Like I know 30 million a year sounds like a lot for Patrick Williams, but the way contracts are in the NBA these days, if you're like a good young three and D player who can kind of play both ends uh, and score 15 ish points a game, that's the contract you're going to get. Uh, and I don't think that's unreasonable to ask at this point. Like at some, at some point, this guy's the number four pick. You got to, exp- you, we, we've seen the flashes and we've talked about this for so long. He's got to force the issue sometimes. It's not just on the coaching, not just on his teammates. We've seen it. Ha- we've seen him do this at times. So he's got to put it together, and it's up to him to do that. And that's that's the bottom line here. And I think I think he can. But Willie, I don't know. Well, because right. oh, back to the original question you asked about Tory Craig versus Patrick Williams. Would you start court- Tory Craig or Patrick Williams? Billy is obviously starting Patrick Williams. Who would you start? I would probably want to give Pat a chance to, but I kind of think a move to the bench is inevitable. And yeah, I, I guess I would start the year. It's a long year, man. It is. You know what I mean? So like I would start the year with him. If the bulls are kind of underperforming, I might go to Craig, but I would still give Pat the same amount of minutes. Yeah. Even if I didn't start him, like I would, he needs to play a ton of minutes because again, yeah. they have two forwards on the team. Right. Yeah. So that's why he is. A useful he should be playing player. 30 minutes a game, like almost no matter what. For yeah, sure. like, imagine if he gets hurt again and misses most of the season, like he did two years ago, that would be just trash for the team <laughs> in terms of like just their watchability, uh, their versatility. Cool hope for the future with how they, yeah, with how they match up with other people. So uh rooting for Pat. Love Pat. In terms of like you know, like I don't think Pat's overall talent level is comparable with let's say Justin Fields, who when the Bears inevitably move on from him, it's gonna part happen. Part of me is gonna be Very like, sad. man, Fields was really talented and the Bears fucked him. When Pat inevitably, you know, doesn't reach his top five potential with the Bulls. I'm going to think the Bulls screwed him over, but I didn't think that he was quite a supernova talent. So, I mean, he's talented. He's, he's, you know, he's already a pretty solid player. He's super young, 22. But I just don't see like truly like star potential in him at all. 
So it is what it is. Uh, the reason that we want that so badly, Jason, is because they need it. Are a team, yeah, that has <laughs> they need you know, it. Yeah, they got no hope for the future, and the present ain't that good either. So you like you want one thing to you know uh, get excited about. So speaking of that, speaking of that, how do how do you feel about Kobe? Like I, I mentioned that I think he's better. I think that his like him t- getting better makes them a bit more interesting. Um, how much better he's actually going to be? I'm not sure. Like you look at his again, you look at his preseason numbers; they were better. Still, shrieky three point shooter. Is, have you have you rethought Kobe's ceiling? Do you think like maybe this guy is point guard of the future material, or you think like whatever? He's just like a nice player. He's gotten a lot better, but like he's not like difference maker level at this point. Um, I think Kobe is going to get a little better. I think that, you know, he, he did last year and he's going to like continue to make some strides this season. Uh, but I don't really see him being a totally new player. Like if it was me coming into the season, I would have had him third out of the four point guards in terms of who I would have started. I would have started Caruso, which I said on this podcast a few yeah, times. Then I would have went Carter. Then I would have went Carter. Then I would have went Kobe. Then I would have went Iowa. Um, again, it's a long season. I think that giving him the first crack at the point guard spot, I'm not mad about it. Uh, one thing he can do is shoot with volume from three. He's done that a little bit. I also thought one thing that I noticed about Kobe in this preseason and even watching some of like the training camp videos and stuff, he really does seem to be like more of a leader, taking more of a leadership role on the team. He's very talkative, both. Uh, on the court and in some of those behind the scenes videos. And part of that probably does come with knowing like, Hey, I'm the team starting point guard. I got to be the one organizing the offense. I do think that might give him like a little personal boost. Yeah. So uh, I think that's interesting, but I mean, the big thing to watch with Kobe starting is like the bulls had the number five defense in the NBA last year. What is their defense going to finish? If Kobe's the starting point guard, like last year it was Io. Their offense was 24th and their defense was fifth. Io is a very bad offensive player, but he's pretty damn good defensively. Kobe, uh, he's a much better offensive player than Io, but he's also going to, you know, drop you defensively. So just sort of like, where does that shake out? It's also, you know, you can't assign. If the Bulls end this year 17th in defense or 14th in defense, it's not like you can assign all that blame to Kobe White. That right. yeah. There's many things that could happen. But, you know, he's not as long, he's not as skilled as, uh, or strong, long, strong, skilled, whatever, as Io. So, uh, just in terms of his defensive impact. So, I'm excited for Kobe. I think that, like, dude, Kobe, no three is a bad three for Kobe and Zach. Like, please just shoot them anytime you get the chance. Yep. Uh, I want them to shoot them in transition. I want them to take Jordan Poole-like shots where they just <laughs> run up and fling it with 19 seconds on the shot clock. You Why don't, not? You don't- you want them going one for 15? That's what Jordan Poole shot tonight. After he went, he scored 41 points last preseason game. He shot one for 15 tonight. Classic Jordan Poole. I didn't Poole. see that. Did, Anyways. That. Yeah. <laughs> That's great stuff right there. Jordan Poole is going to really be a gift that keeps on giving to bloggers this year. So Absolutely. shout out to Jordan Poole for that. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I don't think, I guess my hottest take on Kobe is that I don't think he's going to be a totally new player. I do think he got a little better last year and he will hopefully get a little better this year. 
I think his skill set fits well with the team led by DeMar, just in terms of like being able to shoot. But, you know, Kobe and Zach in the backcourt, are they a super complimentary pair? Yep. No, not in my opinion. I will never- bring this up. So last season, I was looking up some numbers like a little bit ago. Uh, and we talk about who should start a point guard. The mid three, as we like to call them, with Caruso, they were a plus nine last season, like 500 or 600 minutes. Pretty good. That is like a four man unit. Pretty good. Plus nine. Their defense was elite. The offense was like, okay, not surprising. With you'd swap out Caruso for Kobe. I think they played like 200 to 300 minutes. I can't remember exactly what it was. Their offensive rating was like 120, which is elite. It's great offense. But the defense was like 116, 170. They were still like a plus four. But the def- like exactly what you're saying, like the offense will take a leap, absolutely, with Kobe in there instead of Car- somebody like Caruso. But the defense was much worse. Kobe, I feel like, has gotten better defensively in terms. I feel like a big thing we've a lot of people have talked about is like screen navigation. Because he used to just die on screens. He could not play. He was he was so light and just like so weak. He would just die on screens. You get killed in pick and roll like that. You get killed dribble drive. He's gotten better about screen navigation, working over screens, but still. Kobe's never going to be like a lockdown defender guy. So like, can he do enough defensively to, to whatever make up for that ad or that, whatever that change there defensively. And then with his offense, can he take another step there with playmaking? Can his three point shooting get a bit was we, I mean, Kobe, like whatever he gets that those threes up with volume, but he still has always been so inconsistent. Can he get a little more consistent, get that three point, percentage up to like the high 30s it's like his i feel like i always feel so good about kobe shooting threes but like his three-point percentage has never been that great i would love to see him get into the high 30s maybe around 40 percent. and if he was able to do that with a little more playmaking and if his defense is a little a little better uh that would make the bulls definitely a much better team uh would be a, a, a signify a leap for him can he do that can he do that consistently i don't know It'll, it'll definitely be something to watch because I think he's definitely better. He's clearly more confident. As you said, the leadership stuff, he, uh, that seems to be a thing with him. So if he can do that, makes the Bulls a bit more interesting this season, but just like how much better, still not really sure about that. Uh, do you think that, uh, what, like, what do you think Carter, how do you think he like fits into this team? Like, I want to see more Carter. I thought Carter was really good. Uh, in his preseason minutes, I really like just his theoretical fit with the team. Like to me, Carter's a much better match with Zach than Kobe is because he's a better on-ball defender. Guard it, yeah. You need to guard like you need to have him hounding, defend, uh, hounding point guards. Guard him, guarding ninety-four feet, uh, just like whatever, doing that kind of shit. Because like, and we'll see if they do. That's certainly like they do start with. They do do go with whatever Pat and Kobe. So their bench unit then will have like Caruso and Carter. And Craig, like, are they? They're, it seems like they're going to try to go with this like supercharged defensive uh, bench unit, where they just again harass point guards, force turnovers, and then if you have like Demar and Zach, Demar or Zach and like Pat in there too, or Vooch, then they're going to provide the offense. Like, uh, I, I mean, I love the idea of Carter again, it, just being like a better Patrick Beverly, uh, because he again he can guard ninety four feet. He can get three pointers up better than Beverly ever did. So, like, I love the idea. I am curious, like, if he's going to have the same success with the Bulls as he did with the Bucks. He was playing with Giannis. He's playing with Drew Holiday, playing with Chris Middleton. Like, he was playing with better players in Milwaukee. Will that translate? 
here as well. But clearly, still a very good defensive player. Uh, his three-point percentage was still very good in the preseason, so that's a good sign. Um, so I love the idea of Carter just in general, and it was a very good signing. I love the signing when they haven't identified that as a signing they should have made before they actually did it. So, like, I love the idea of him. So I'm curious to see how much he plays, uh, how they deploy him. Like the uh, theoretically, a Carter Caruso back like bench backcourt is absolutely sick. But like, you could also probably argue that they should be playing even more. Um. So like, so we'll see. I don't know. Uh. So Jay, season starting. Yeah. First game against the Thunder. I love the matchup. I I tweeted this the other day. I love the matchup against the Thunder. The, the thunder i can't speak uh because okay this like the okc team's got some hype like they got shay they got chet holmgren making his his debut they're a really good young team jalen williams who else they have on this team give me some names who all josh, josh giddy josh giddy uh, the other so, jalen williams i think yeah i think uh, a lot of people think I, I, Joe, I picked in my in my Jason wallace yeah like i think a lot of Kendrick people think williams like, yeah i think a lot of people think they're gonna make the playoffs that mark danielle is that how, you, how do you say his name? Dano, Dano, I don't know. Uh, that he could be coach of the year. That this is gonna be really could be a really good Thunder team. They're young, they're hungry, like they're gonna get after it. They're out to prove that they're gonna make a big step this season. So, like, great test to open the season. I love it. Let's so, like if the Bulls don't bring it, they're gonna get fucking destroyed in this opening game. So, like, remember that Hawks game from a few years ago in the opener oh, when yeah. they lost by like 30 or 40? Like, if the Bulls suck, they are going to get fucking wiped by this team so like love the test to open the season at home against okc uh with all with all these just this hot young talent on the thunder so they better bring it uh and if they do and if they win if they win like oh we're gonna get on this podcast after this first game like we're gonna start talking like crazy oh the bulls are back they're gonna they're a real not real threat but whatever like they may might be actually good this year so like i'm really looking forward to this first game uh and if they and if the thunder do blow them out we're gonna be like all right the bulls need to blow it up they're gonna suck we we can go like all a bunch of different ways about this but i'm really excited about this first game just because i think the matchup is really fun uh the thunder like i said i feel like they have a lot to prove as this young team on the rise that's ready to try to make this playoff jump and if the bulls uh, they match them. They match this energy. They can play really well. If they win, that'd be a really, really good first win. Uh, but if they, again, if they don't match that energy, they're gonna get their fucking ass beat. Because I think Shea Shea will run them off the court. And the Bulls have had some crazy games against the Thunder in recent seasons. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. How about you? Yeah, can't wait. I just looked up tickets, and the cheapest tickets twenty seven bucks on Vivid Seats. They're not paying me to say that, so you know maybe send me some <laughs> tickets. Uh, so cheaper than I expected, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the game. I think in general, you know, the rap, so they played the Raptors, uh, in the preseason days. And in that game, both the Bulls and Raptors played their starters for like three quarters. Uh, the Raptors are a team kind of in a similar tier to the Bulls, but man, I really hope the Bulls are better than the Raptors. The Raptors yeah. are just like so uninspiring. And then like, yeah. You know, Absolutely. losing Van Vliet, replacing him with Schroeder. Uh, they play the Raptors second on Friday night. Jace, this is how you know we got podcast brain. I'm calling this a must-win game. Second game of the year against the <laughs> Raptors. Don't lose that game. If they lose to the Raptors, I'm going to be 
disappointed. That's going to be a sobering loss. I believe we both like picked them in that in that pre whatever when the schedule came out. I'm pretty sure we both said they beat the Raptors like every matchup this season <laughs> because fuck the Raptors because the Raptors shouldn't be that good. Like they have a bunch of like nice players, but like they just seem like a c- complete mess. Masa Ujiri was talking about how they like they were all selfish last season. The vibes they were a good. I believe the Raptors did go undefeated in preseason. I think they were really good in preseason. So like maybe they will be better than expected. But we can't. Yeah, we can't have them losing the Raptors game too. But they also have to play the Thunder game in game one. So yeah, uh, I'm just would, so like right now. Would you do you think the Bulls will win that game one? I I can't remember what we said about what would happen. Do I think that our when we did our uh, picks, yeah. Right I now, would you say either. the Bulls are going to win that this game opening night? Uh, I would say no. I would say no. no. But yeah. yeah, I think the Thunder. I said I think the Thunder are going to be pretty good this season. Like Shea is Shea could be an MVP MVP candidate this season. Chet has looked awesome in preseason. Uh, Thunder should be pretty good again, though. If the Bulls win, like that'd be that'd be a really good win if the Bulls are able to win this game on opening night. So. Uh, maybe they'll give us something to be fucking wild about. Give us a big, big victory on opening night, and we'll maybe get reckless about some Bulls talk. But again, either way, really looking forward to this matchup. Because if again, if the Thunder beat their ass, we can just start complaining about this stupid team, and, <laughs> and that'll set the stage for the podcast this season. But anyways, we should probably wrap it up here. We've gone here for a while. Uh, Ricky, I'm sure you do you have any other thoughts? Are we good to go? No, let's let's wrap it up. Jess. All right. That's gonna do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. Preseason is over. Pre- the regular season stars, I believe that's Wednesday night at home against the Oklahoma City Thunder. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network with the season starting up. There's so many great NBA pods all across Blue Wire. If you like what we're doing here at Cash, please go check out some of the other pods across Blue Wire as well. And then Blue Wire has plenty of other podcasts. Uh, in the in the uh, sports arena, please check them all out. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places. On social media, you can follow me uh, at Bulls underscore J at Twitter slash whatever the place formerly known as Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Follow Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, go to SBNation.com where you can follow Rick. Uh, go look at Ricky's all his good great coverage at espionation.com please also check out clutchpoints.com uh that's where i work please go check it out so preseason is over again the bulls are back first game of the season wednesday night at home against the oklahoma city thunder we will definitely be podcasting uh if not that that night we'll be podcasting soon after it we will have all your analysis so again have a good weekend everybody this has been cash considerations a chicago bulls podcast talk to you guys next week regular season starting let's go